morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we're going to have some announcements, and we'll have some more prayer time. And we'll start doing welcoming time probably next week again. I know I was trying to sneak through and do it on my own today, but we'll start it up again next week. We're trying to just still be careful because of the virus and everything. So, uh, and, and when we do start welcoming time back up, if you are you know want to stay in your row, and that's fine. If you want to get out and visit people, you can. So we'll be talking about it a little bit next week. But let's open with a word of prayer. I'm glad to see you guys this morning. I'm excited to be here, and I'm glad you're here. Lord Jesus, we do thank you, Lord, today uh, that we could come, Lord, and worship you as brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord. And I'm so thankful for what you're doing in our congregation and just some of the amazing stories that I get to share uh, this week at the end of service and uh, that you're working in people's lives. And I know you're working online uh, with the folks that are uh, watching online. And Lord, I just thank you for that technology that we can get our message out uh, for those that are at home this morning. I thank you for everyone coming today, the big crowd we have today, and that's awesome that we're here to worship, uh, Lord, you, and to dig into your word and to learn about it and learn more about you. And, Lord, we just love you. We thank you uh, this morning that we're here. It's in your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated today. Let me go through uh, a few announcements real quick. The Choices uh, Banquet, the Crossbridge Banquet to Benefit Choices Pregnancy Center uh, which for some of our, our new members, it is an organization that is taking up the fight against abortion right here uh, in Webster County. So uh, we are going to have a banquet that benefits them. The, a lot of the banquets where they could raise money uh, were canceled this summer because of COVID. We're going to have our own banquet for the church uh, here. It's going to be on Tuesday, November 10th. Tuesday, November 10th. Uh, we do have the sign up from the original banquet in September we're going to pass this around one more week. We need to know uh, on catering because I'll have to call tomorrow uh, on our number. So if you haven't signed up or you need to cross off because you can't come on the 10th, please do that. We are having that uh, catered by Sheila's. Also, Thanksgiving dinner uh, is going to be November 22nd, which is a Sunday at 5 p.m., the Crossbridge Thanksgiving dinner. So we'll set tables up up here, and they decorate it. And we are, um, I think what they're going to do is all of it's going to be catered except for desserts. If you want to bring in a dessert, is that correct? That's what was decided, desserts. Yeah, you bring in a dessert, is that right? We're doing desserts too. Okay, never mind. You ladies don't have to worry about anything. Okay. I can't even remember what I decide. I don't know, Meredith. Uh, we'll just we'll figure it out. But come that night for dinner. Sign up so we have a good head count on that for the food uh, that night also. So that's a that's a Sunday here in November. It'll be here before we know it. Life recovery class. Uh, where's Matt? Is Matt in here this morning? Where's Matt? Or Greg? Come here, Matt. I never. I didn't even tell you I was going to do this. I'm going to give him and Greg a second to plug. Uh, their Friday night life recovery class. There's a Facebook page and group that they have. Tell them about what you guys are doing on Friday nights. 
Okay, so um, Life Recovery is a biblical 12-step meeting that we have down here every Friday night. Um, we truly believe that um, there's only one way to heaven, but we do believe that there um, are other pathways to recovery. Um, mine was found through Jesus Christ, but we, uh, my, my recovery started in a 12-step program of Narcotics Anonymous, and I just want to continue to share that experience, strength, and hope with others that are still struggling, and also share the gospel at the same time. Okay, perfect. Greg, you want to add anything? As our one true God. Perfect. So they have dinner. It's from 7 to 8. They have dinner on Friday night. So if you know of somebody who needs to come, we also have freeway service every Saturday at 5.30 with dinner and service here. Uh, we're going to pray for this guy this morning because he has still got a, a bum back, as you can care. But Mike is our freeway director. Uh, and youth pastor, so we'll, we'll pray for him here in a minute. So we have that on Saturdays. Also on Wednesday nights, I don't know if you were here Wednesday night, but we had a speaker uh, from Mike's church that they're going to go and be missionaries, and he's going to run a freeway there in South Dakota. Uh, free, uh, Mercy Gate is the name of the church. It was awesome Wednesday night. So uh, downstairs we talked about that. If you want more information about that, please come and see me. Please come and see Mike. Uh, that's going to be a great ministry that we're going to be able to support uh, in, in the coming years ahead. So I'm excited about that. A couple other things. Next Wednesday night. And no, it's this Wednesday night, isn't it? This Wednesday night. Boy, I'm messing up today. This Wednesday night, there's no classes. Uh, so youth, kids, and all the adults will be up here. Because this Wednesday we do the Happy Hallelujah Night. So the kids can dress up. Nothing scary, but they can dress up. We'll have a whole bunch of candy here. They'll have like a... A parade through the congregation. They'll have pizza to eat downstairs at 6.15. And then the, the parade will start up here and we'll have all the kids come up here and talk in the mic. And it's a blast. If you never came, come Wednesday night. It's a lot of fun. Let the kids dress up. No, nothing scary, but it will be a lot of fun. Next Sunday morning, the new members class starts. So if you're in that class, you've came and talked to me uh, about joining this body of believers. That class starts next Sunday in the hall, the hall uh, classroom. I think we have 12 people that are going to be in it now, and me and Max Hartman uh, are the ones leading that. So it starts at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning during Sunday school, during Sunday school in that side classroom. Also, they are having a bake sale to benefit the mission trip for next year. That is November 14th at Tammy Host Craft Fair. Uh, so if you would like to bake something for that, two things. If, if We need members to bake stuff for that. Uh, and please see Mandy Lodig if you want to help bake stuff. They also need volunteers to sit at the table that day uh, that are salesmen that can, that can kind of sell stuff at that. Uh, so if you would like to help with that, please see uh, Mandy and Josh. Um, what else do I got? I think that's all I had on announcements. Did I forget anything? I'm being forgetful today. Yes. I did. Thank you. Go ahead. Yes. All right. So the, on Wednesday nights, the women have Bible study up here. The rest of us meet downstairs. We have a great time. But this Wednesday, because of Happy Hallelujah, everyone will be up here. Any other announcements that I forgot? Okay, so we are on prayer requests. I do want to have a couple. We are going to pray for Mike and his back. And we prayed for that this morning in our elder meeting. And I'll give you kind of a clue. Next Sunday, uh, we got an election coming up. 
in about, what, nine days? Uh, next Sunday, I, I, I told our elders this morning, I think every church in the country next Sunday should preach about this election. And we should preach about what does the Bible say to us. Not my own opinion, what does the Bible say. And so next Sunday, that's what I'm going to preach about. And I, I want you guys to be here and invite somebody. What is our responsibility as brothers and sisters in Christ in this election? And what should we be uh, looking at? So that's what we're going to talk We're going to pray for our country this morning. Anything else? Any other prayer requests that I can pray about this morning? Yes. Anything else? Okay. 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 Anything else? Yeah. Anything else? Yes. Okay. Okay. Anything else? Okay, and on prayer request too, if you have a prayer request that you don't want to mention in front of everyone, we have prayer request forms back there on the back. We also have visitor cards. Grab one of those visitor cards and fill it out. Uh, put it in the offering or give to the, the staff. We want to be able to do that. So let's, uh, well, I'm going to ask you to stand this morning, and we're going to go to the Lord in prayer, and then we're going to take up our, our morning offering right after that, and we'll have a time of worship before we dig into the Word. So bow with me uh, in prayer. Uh, this morning. Lord Jesus, we do thank you, Lord, again for the opportunity to come here, uh, Lord, and serve you and to, to dig into your word together, to worship together as, as a family, Lord. And Lord, I pray for Mike this morning and his back, because I know he's really sore. And uh, just be with the doctors this week as he goes in for treatment, Lord. Give them a plan uh, ahead on that so he can start to feel better, Lord, and get back to himself jumping around and running around, Lord. And so I thank you for him and just be with the doctors this week. Lord, I do pray for our country also uh, that we are, we're in a mess right now. And, and uh, uh, Lord, it's a lot of important things are going to happen over the next two weeks in the direction of our country. And Lord, I just pray for our leaders. I pray for uh, our, our fellow citizens, Lord, that you will give us wisdom and discernment uh, in this. And uh, Lord, I do want to lift up to you Brenda's father this morning, his health concerns and what he's going through, Lord. Just be with uh, him and, and her, Lord. I thank you for Brenda and what she means to this church. Uh, Lord, and, and as Greg mentioned, I don't know the details, but uh, it sounds like it was a, a pretty um, scary thing yesterday that our law enforcement had to go through. Uh, Lord, I, I do pray for them. I pray for their families, Lord. I pray for uh, Sheriff Cole. It's the good, good man that he is. I pray for him that, uh, Lord, you'll keep them safe and, and that there is uh, law and order in our county and that we support them, we love them, and uh, that, that we're there for them. Uh, and, Lord, just keep them safe so they can go home to their families. I pray for Kim's family and the situation going on there, Lord, that she will be able to share the gospel with her family, and, Lord, they'll be saved and uh, trust you 
for their salvation and you alone, Lord. I pray for her family. I pray for Kyle's uh, mother, uh, Lord, and her health concerns. Be with the doctors as they're treating her. And Lord, as, as we end our time of worship today, uh, let us worship you from overflowing hearts with joy. That includes with giving and everything else that we do, Lord. It is a privilege and an honor to serve you, to give to you. It's a privilege, Lord, and an honor to live where we do. I love Webster County. I love our church, and uh, I love our country. And I thank you, Lord, for the blessings that we have that we get to live here. Lord, in all things, we do want to worship you and honor you today. It's in your name I pray. Amen.
Thank you, guys. Kiddos can go downstairs with Sierra to Children's Church this morning if they'd like to. Turn in your Bibles to John chapter 14 this morning. John chapter 14. We just have a couple of verses uh, here. It's going to be in 12, 12 through 14. John chapter 14, verses 12 through 14. John chapter 14, 12 through 14. It says this. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, again, we thank you, Lord, this morning that we're here, Lord. And Lord, uh, let us just open our hearts, our minds to receive your word this morning. This is a tough passage of scripture that a lot of people don't understand and misapply. And so, Lord, we, we want to understand your word according to how you wanted us to understand it. Not anything different, not to add to it, not to take away. And so, Lord, uh, we want to glorify you this morning by explaining this and uh, and having a better understanding of the scripture, Lord. We love you. We thank you. It's in your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So last week, uh, just to jump in here real quick, uh, last week we, did, we dug into verses 7 through 11. And if you were here, we, we talked about the word know and, and how we're supposed to know uh, God. And we ask ourselves, at what level do we know God? How do we know God? At what level? And I'm going to review those four real quick because it kind of sets the, the, the stage uh, for today in the context of messages. So the first one was knowing a fact about Jesus, that Jesus really walked on the earth, that he was a real, a real man who walked and he was here. And that can be proven by uh, a lot of things other than the Bible. Even if, you, if someone says, well, I don't believe the Bible, well, you can still prove that Jesus was a man and physically lived and walked the earth and was crucified. And that's not saving faith. Knowing that Jesus was a man and walked the earth is not a saving faith. The second thing was understanding the truth about a fact. So when someone understands the truth of who Jesus is, they understand that Jesus went to the cross and died. They understand that. Maybe they have some memory verses memorized. They have some verses. I mean, everybody knows John 3.16. Everybody in this country, I think, probably, well, maybe not everybody, but close to it. I mean, everyone knows that verse, right? So having an understanding of the truth of who Jesus is, having some memory verses memorized, you're still lost. You're still lost. Scripture says that, angel, that demons believe and they shudder. So they, demons and Satan understand the truth about who Jesus is. It doesn't mean that they're, they're saved. So that you're still lost. If that's the kind of know that you have an understanding of who Jesus is, you still turn from him. The third thing, the third type of know in Scripture is to know in an intimate way. We talked about this as the know uh, that they use a, a husband knowing his wife. We receive a new birth in Christ and know him now as our father. So we have a, 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 an intimate relationship with him that we are born again, not of flesh, but of the spirit, of the Holy Spirit. And so we now know God in an intimate way. We are adopted as his children. Now that is a saving faith. That is a faith that saves you. 
and those are new believers. And then there's this fourth type of no that Paul mentions in Philippians 3.10. And Philippians 3.10 says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. This type of no is to, to want to know God on a deeper level. Now, when I say that, we initially always will think of an intellectual level, and that's fine. We shouldn't want to know God more on an intellectual level, level, but that's not what it means. If you look at the context of the verses, it means that you do the works that he does. You sacrifice your life, becoming like him in his death. You sacrifice your life to serve him. That's the context of the verse. And, and so, have we done that? Is that? That's what we should be always growing in. That we're becoming less and he is becoming greater. That he is taking over every area of our lives as we're growing in our faith with him. We're growing in our knowledge of him. Sin is becoming more and more less in our life. We're sacrificing ourselves for him and becoming like him in his death. To know God on this kind of a level is to die to self. To live for Christ. And this is what a mature, believing follower of Christ should look like. All right, so today we move on to these next set of verses. And it's in the same context of knowing Jesus. And Jesus makes an, I mean, just an amazing statement in verse 12. And I want to read it again. It says, truly, truly. So when he says that, it's a reminder for us to pay attention. Because what he's about to say is important. Truly, truly, I say to you. Whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. Now, if you're like me this morning or like I was this week, and you read that verse and you go, whoa, it just, you put the brakes on. Immediately, you put the, put the brakes on and you say, now say what? Like, what did you say, Jesus? Do greater works than you do? Like, how in the world could I do greater works than you. How? And, and my mind immediately went to all the miracles that Jesus had performed. I mean, here's some of them. Here's some of them. He performed some amazing miracles. First one was what? Water into wine. He turned water into wine. He healed an official son. He healed uh, in Capernaum uh, uh, someone that had a demon that was demonic. He healed Peter's mother-in-law. He healed numerous sick. He let him catch a lot of scripture. Uh, my personal favorite, uh, he, he, he let him catch a large number of fish. I mean, how awesome would it be to go crappie fishing with Jesus, right? Man, I can't even imagine it. Uh, he healed a leper. He healed a, a centurion servant. He healed a paralyzed man. He raised a widow's son. He raised Lazarus from the dead. He fed thousands of people with Two small fish and five loaves. He calmed a storm. Now, I've just went through 13. There's, only, there's over 40 that are recorded. But the most important miracle I think we would agree on is what Jesus did as being resurrected, proving that he had conquered death, that he saved his followers from death and hell. That's an amazing miracle. But now... And so let me, let me start with that. Let me say this morning, if you're here as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, you are a miracle. You're a walking miracle. He worked a miracle in your life. If you don't think so, think back to when you were forgiven of your sins. Think of the person that you were and what he has forgiven you from. 
But I say all that to go back to our verses where he says, you will do more works than me. Before I tell you what he meant, I want to tell you what he didn't mean. Because this verse is extremely taken out of context by people who profess Jesus who are very, very wicked and evil and do horrible things. So this is what he didn't mean. Some people will take these verses and pervert the gospel and literally lead people astray. They will claim that they have direct revelations from God and they will claim amazing healing abilities. Amazing healing abilities. You can easily go uh, to YouTube and watch hour after hour of Benny Hinn Crusades or, or Todd White or Antonio Silva or uh, Tom Loud healing people on the street. And you know what they always do? They quote the verses that I just read today. They use these verses and quote them. And, and you may say, well, why bring up names? Because it's our job to protect the flock. That's our responsibility to protect the flock. So listen to me. I'm a simple guy. I look at things very logical. If somebody can do street healings, why don't they ever clear out the hospitals? Hmm. Hmm. That's the way I think. If somebody can do a street healing, why do we have COVID right now? I mean, I saw Kenneth Copeland. I saw the video of Kenneth Copeland blowing to the crowd and supposedly blowing COVID out of America. I saw that. And then the next week, we have thousands of people still with COVID. So if that's the case, why aren't they ever at hospitals? You know what? That's where Jesus went. You know where Jesus went to? He went where the most people were sick and ill and needed to be healed. Turn to John chapter 5. I don't want it to be my words. I want to prove it to you. John chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. John chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. It's a couple of pages over here. It says this. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there in Jerusalem by the shenades, in in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roof colonnades, In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. So here's this one place. They didn't have Cox South and Mercy then. There was no hospital some could go check into. So they all hung out together. And this is where they all hung out. You're going to see why they hung out here. Verse 5. One man was there who had been invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while, I'm a, I'm going under, uh, while I am going, another steps down before me. So here's what would happen. I preached on this. It's probably been a year ago when I was in John chapter 5. But if you remember, what happens when the water would be stirred up by God, the first person in the water would be healed. And so all of these people are hanging out waiting to be healed. And when they would see the water stirred up, because he couldn't walk, because he was invalid, somebody would always get in before him. And he had been there 38 years. And all the sick people came there. And so verse 8, Jesus said to him, Get up, take up your bed and walk. And at once the man was healed and he took up his bed and walked. So where did Jesus go? Jesus went where all the sick people were. Jesus would always go to where the sick people were and heal them. Groups of sick people would come to him. 
You see in the examples that I shared with you this morning, they don't do that. They don't walk into the hospital and clear out an ER. Why not? Once again, I'm a simple guy. Why not? I wonder why. Hmm. I wonder why. You know why they don't? Because they're false. And they have motives for what they do. Guess what that motive is? Guess what that motive is? Who knows the old song? I don't know who sings it. Money, money, money. Right? Money. Yeah, money. Right? Yeah. I'm not going to sing this morning, okay? That's the motive. If I can get some money out of the deal, I'm going to blow out COVID and then send me $10,000. That's the motive. It's always, it's always greed. And this has been going on all throughout history. This has been going on all throughout history. Even in scripture, the first examples of the earliest church, of the early church, you saw this. Turn to Acts chapter 8. So what I'm trying to set the stage for, guys, is we shouldn't be surprised when we see this kind of stuff. And to know what God really meant, sometimes you have to start with what he didn't mean. And make sure that you're not taking it out of context. So Acts chapter 8, 14 through 24. Just see an example of this. Acts 8, 14 through 24. Now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not, for he, for he had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Verse 18. Now when Simon saw that the Spirit was given through the laying on the apostle hands, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, that anyone whom I lay my hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, May your silver perish with you, because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have neither part nor lot in this matter, for your heart is not right before God. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness of yours, and pray to the Lord that, if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are in gall of bitterness and the bond of iniquity. And Simon answered, Pray for me to the Lord that none of what you have said may come upon me. So what did this guy want to do? He wanted to receive this, this ability to, of laying on of hands that the apostles of Jesus had. Why did he want to do that? Because there was money in his future if he could get that. You know any churches that sell grace? Send me your money and we will pray for you to be forgiven. Send me your money and we will dispense grace. You know what that's called? That's called a sacrament. Send us your money and we'll pray for you and we'll dispense grace. That's exactly what he wanted to do. And Peter said, you're wicked because of it. And you have evil and bad intent in your heart. Now, I want to make sure I want to take a step back from this now. So I don't want to take it too far out to that side. I want to take a step back and I want to make sure we understand this morning that God absolutely can heal, heal people when we pray. He absolutely can. According to his will. According to his will. Should we pray for healing? Yes, we should. And let me say, in fact, Baptists need to do more laying on of hands in prayer. We absolutely do. It's a shame that I have not done that for Mike yet. We absolutely need to do that. 
We need to do that. I think that we can take it too far to this side and say, well, we don't want the appearance of looking like that we're, we're wicked and evil on that side, but then we fail to do it on this side. You understand what I mean? There's a happy place right here where you understand that God can heal and God works when we pray. Jesus says that in the context of our verses. Let's read it in scripture though. James chapter 5. Turn over to James chapter 5. We'll start, I put 14 and 15 on the overhead, but I want to start in 13. If anyone among you is suffering, this is what it says, James 5, 13. If anyone among you is suffering, let him pray. If anyone cheerful, let him sing praise. If anyone among you sick, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save one who is sick and God will raise him up. Well, there it is. Let me ask, how often do we do that? Hmm. Not enough. Not enough. Why? Because we don't want, my opinion, my opinion here, the way I feel about this is we don't want the appearance of being over here. We don't want to look like Benny Hinn. Well, it's not Benny Hinn if you do it according to James chapter 5. So we should pray for one another. We should pray for healing. We should anoint with oil. But once again... Here's, the, here's the, the checks and balances of this. What's the motivation? Is the motivation to glorify God? To do His will? Or to try and make ourselves famous? See, that's the question you have to ask yourself in this. What's the motivation? It should be to make God famous. To glorify Him. Not ourselves. So Jesus warns us of this. Jesus warns us of this. In Matthew 24, 24, this is what he says. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. What are those great signs and wonders? You don't think, we've talked, been talking about Satan, some on Wednesday nights. You don't think Satan, followers of Satan, don't have powers to do miraculous things? Well, they did when Moses went to lead the Israelites out of bondage. You remember how numerous times the first couple of things that Moses did, what did Pharaoh do? He had his magicians and sorcerers do the same thing, right? So there's some, there's, there's some truth in that, that followers of Satan can do pretty crazy things. But we, and, and we clearly see here, though, that in John 14, 12, he gives the disciples special ability to perform miracles according to the office that they had. So we see that throughout Scripture, that the, the, the 12 apostles of Jesus had special ability to do perform miracles according to the office that God had given them. That, turn to Romans 15. I want to make sure we understand this. These verses that Jesus say, before we can understand what he meant, we have to make sure we don't misapply it. Romans 15, 18 through 19. That's what Paul says. I want you to look at the attitude behind his words here. For I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way around to Icrillium, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. So what? who is Paul boasting in? Not himself. 
He's boasting in Christ. So what's the intent behind this? So once again, once again, when Jesus says, go back, let's go back to John. Read it again. John 14. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I'm going to the Father. Does that mean that we can go out and and turn two fish and five loaves and feed thousands of people? No. Does it mean I can walk up to somebody and lay my hand on them with ill intent in my heart because I want to be famous and they be healed? No. Should I pray for people? Should I genuinely, as an elder of this church, pray for people that God will heal them? Yes, according to his will. So this verse is not some, hey, I should do greater works than, I can do greater works than Jesus, so let me run around and heal everybody. That's the way people misapply it. And they want to put themselves above Jesus. So now that you know what it doesn't mean, what does it mean? What do, what's he saying? What does Jesus mean when he says greater works than him? What is that? Well, the answer, it means to a greater extent. So I want you to think about this. Jesus' earthly ministry was largely limited to where? Galilee and Judea. His disciples, though, were going to take his message to the uttermost parts of the earth. Now, remember I told you, what's the first miracle? What's the most important miracle that God can work in your life? What's the salvation? That's a miracle when you're saved. When these apostles, when these disciples start taking the message, the good news of Christ, and proclaiming it worldwide... What is happening in people's lives? The most important miracle that they could ever have. The most important sign and wonder that could ever work in someone's heart is them being changed from a rotten, no good, worthless sinner to a child of the living God. That's the biggest miracle ever. Acts chapter 2, here's the example. Once I, it's just not my own words, guys. I never wanted to. And next Sunday, I want to make sure. It's not going to be my opinion. I can give you an opinion next Sunday about what you should do on November 3rd. I'm not going to do that. We're going to break the Bible down. And right now, anything I've said today, it can't be my opinion. It has to be God's word. And here's where it shows it in God's word. Acts 2, 38 through 41. Acts 2, 38 through 41. What happens? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What's he doing there? He's preaching the gospel. He's preaching the gospel of Jesus. Verse 39, For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. So he preaches the gospel. He says, repent and be saved. Turn from your sins. Confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's the same message today that I'm preaching to you. It's no different than what he was preaching right there in Acts chapter 2. Repent. I'm preaching right now. If you're lost right now, you are dead in your sins. Your sins have violated a holy God. When David sinned with Bathsheba, what did he say? I have sinned against you, God. 
your sin, your lying, your stealing, your adultery, your thoughts, whatever your sin is, go through the commandments. Look at the law. You haven't loved God and loved others like you should have. That's sin. That violates and separates you from a holy God. And there's a punishment for that. And the wrath of God abides on you. And the good news is, put your faith and trust in what Christ did on the cross. And if you do, you'll be saved. That's the good news. It's the same message that Peter preached right here. And what happens in verse 41? So those who received his word were baptized and were added that day about 3,000 souls. He preaches and 3,000 people are saved. Amazing. That is a greater miracle. That is a greater work. Do you understand? You understand what the context is now. God is working in his believers in a great way. And miracles happen. When Jesus ascended into heaven, his followers numbered in the hundreds. Forty days later, in response to the preaching of the apostles, the number is in the thousands. By the end of the book of Acts, the gospel has went to Rome. So you understand the context there. Just this week, I spoke, well, last, it would have been a week ago now, last week and a couple weeks ago, Josh and I had the opportunity to speak to a man from Springfield named Austin Baker. It's Mitch Fisher's son-in-law. I think, Joey, you may have talked to him. He was at the association meeting. I don't know if you had a chance to talk to him, but he, he works in a ministry that is producing videos in other languages that are taken to countries all over the world where it's outlawed. They produce videos where they're, right now they're working in Laos. They're working in Pakistan. And we're gathering some more info on this. I know the elders will be talking about this a little bit more. This may be a mission that we ultimately end up sponsoring. We're going to get some more details. But this guy's working in a ministry that produces videos that takes the gospel all over the world where people are saved. It's to a greater extent. It's to a greater extent. God is still using his followers to work miracles all over the world. Is he still doing that? Absolutely. Preach the word, share the gospel, pray for healing. Pray for healing of bodies, but pray for healing of souls. Pray for healing of souls. What happened? I'll ask you a question. I got to thinking about this week. What happened to Lazarus after Jesus raised him from the dead on earth? What happened to Lazarus? What happened to him? He got old and he died again, didn't he? Yeah. He got old and he died again. He died a physical death. What happens today when someone is, is God cures them of cancer? Do they live forever? Well, not here on this earth. They're going to get old. They're going to die again. They're gonna, something else is going to get them, right? They grow old. But what happens when somebody God works a miracle in someone's life and he saves them from spiritual death? Do they ever grow old? No, they have eternal life. They're saved forever, for all eternity. What's the bigger miracle? Healing somebody of cancer? Which, I, God, please heal people. Oh, we pray for that. I want Mike's back to feel better. But I'm glad that if Mike's back doesn't get better and Mike dies, I'm going to be with him in heaven for all eternity. So what's the greater miracle? Seeing God save someone should be the answer. That should be the answer. So what should our focus be, brothers and sisters? 
seeing the lost be saved. That should be our goal. That should be our goal. What's my favorite verse? I haven't said it in a long time. I've taken a break from it. But I still know it, and you should too. Mark 8, 36. What's the verse? Come on, all together for... That's weak. Weak, church. For what does it profit a man if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? What does it profit you if you are cured from cancer but you die and spend an eternity in hell? That's the truth. That's the context of this. So how? You want to do great works for Jesus? It starts with prayer. It starts with prayer. Context of our verses today. John 14, 13 through 14. Go back to our scripture. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. You want to perform great miracles and works for God? It starts by asking him, Lord, use me. Use me to share your gospel with somebody. Use me to preach your word. To teach your word that somebody will be saved. That you will work a miracle in somebody's life and they will be saved. Is that a great work? Absolutely. And who gets the glory? God. Who gets the glory? God. Our prayer this morning should be this. God, let me do works today that will glorify you. Let me work for you. Let me do things that will glorify you. Last verse. Here it is. Here's the charge. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Go therefore. I broke this down in our discipleship this morning, didn't I? Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Well, how do you do that? Number one, you got to preach the word. You got to share the truth of the good news of Christ with them. You got to preach the word. So go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So after they make a profession of faith, we make sure that they're baptized, that that's their outward profession of an inward change, that the old man has died and they've been raised to walk in newness of life. And they do that before a local body of believers that will hold them accountable to love God and to grow, to be there to support them. To knock them on the head when they start messing up. I need to be knocked on the head a lot, trust me. We all do. It's accountability. Membership in a local body is accountability. There's no lone rangers in scripture. There's no lone rangers. There's accountability. There's brotherhood. Now, now what do I have to do? Next part of the verse, go back. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. What is that? What is teaching someone to observe all that I commanded? Anybody? It's an interactive serving this morning. What is it, Mike? I told you this morning. Discipleship. It's discipleship. It's meeting with someone and saying, hey, this is what God's word says. This is how you live as a follower of Christ. Next week, I'm going to be preaching what our responsibilities are when we go in to vote. What does God's word say about that? You know what that is? That's a little bit of discipleship. That's a little bit of me giving you the boot and saying, let's grow in this together and let's get going. This is what the Bible says. It's teaching someone what God expects of them in their life, how they can serve the Lord. 
And then what does he close this verse with? Behold, I'm with you always. And I'm always going to be with you while you're doing it. So there's this side that takes our verses this week completely out of context and says, Oh, I get to do great works in God's name. Look at me. I'm going to be famous. And I'm going to try to get some money, 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 right? And then you have right here that says, Lord, I want to make you famous. And I'm going to pray for people that you'll heal their bodies, but I'm going to pray more that you heal their soul. Because that is the greatest work that God can do in somebody's life. And I want to be an instrument of that. I want to be an instrument that you use, Lord, for your glory to heal people. We preach the word. We sow the seeds. God brings the growth and gets the glory, right? So in closing today, doing greater works than Jesus doesn't involve making your name great, but Jesus' name. These works that Jesus talks about are sharing the gospel to the ends of the earth. That should be our mission, Crossbridge. Share the gospel in our local community. Support missions that go in our country and share it. And support missionaries that go around the world and share it. That should be the goal. And, that, and then when doing that, people are saved and we are working great miracles in God's name. And the kingdom is growing. The kingdom is growing. Now listen, where does this start? How's this practical for you this morning? How's this practical? You might be here this morning and your gospel, the gospel of Christ, it needs you sharing that, needs to start in your own household. Fathers, mothers, question I asked this, this week, in fact, I shared it on Facebook. Nothing else is as important as your kids being saved. Am I sharing the gospel with my kids? Now, this is what I don't mean. I don't mean dragging them by the collar into church and saying, as long as you're in my household, you're going to be in church. Well, that's a rule in our house, but that's not sharing the gospel with them. Sharing the gospel with them is them, me physically teaching them about what Jesus did and them being able to look at my life and say, my dad loves Christ. I can see that he loves Jesus. Are you doing that? Your miracle, you working miracles for God, the greater works have to start in your own household. How are you doing? How are you doing? Can your kids look at you and see my, my parents are living a godly lifestyle that they love the Lord? And he's the most important thing. If not, if not, look, listen, I beg you, get down here. You don't need me to pray for you. you need, if you're a follower of Christ, you need to get down on your knees and say, Lord, I'm failing in this, and I don't want to fail anymore. Maybe you're here and your spouse is not a follower of Christ. You need to share the truth with them. Maybe, I don't know, whoever it is, how are you doing about sharing the gospel in your own house? Now, maybe it's on your block. Maybe it's your next door neighbor. Maybe it's making the commitment to join. We have a big new members class. I would love to kick this Sunday school class out and us do the new members class in here. And I'm cool with that. Sorry, uh, Alan. If we have to, we just do, right? Maybe we combine the new members class. I don't know. I'd love it if people said, I want to join a local body of believers where I can serve and I can share the gospel and I can be a part of a fellowship that loves one another and is there for one another. 
Maybe it's that. And you get on the mission. You get on the mission this church has. That it's not about me. Look, if I die this afternoon, this church is going to be a functioning, great body of believers. It ain't about me. It ain't about Mike or Josh or any other elder. It's about you all loving the Lord Jesus Christ. It's about him. It's about him. You get on that mission. Our goal, brothers and sisters, should be to take the gospel of Christ to the community and to our world. That's our mission. Maybe you need to get on board with that mission. I encourage you to do that today. I'm going to ask our worship team to come this morning. Quick review as they're coming. What is this scripture not about? It's not about saying that you can do greater things than the Lord Jesus Christ. Because let me say, I can't save anybody. Christ saves people. What can I do? I can share the gospel. So it's not about me healing somebody of an ailment. It's about me preaching the gospel that Christ would heal them of their eternal punishment to come. That he heals them spiritually. So can we do greater works? Absolutely in that context. I'm asking you to stand this morning. Maybe you're here. Hey, I've shared the gospel with you this morning. If you're lost, I don't care if you've went through confirmation classes. I don't care if you've been a member of a church since you're five years old. If you have never believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, I urge you today to flee from the wrath that awaits you. Turn from your sins and put your faith and trust in what Christ did on the cross. And you'll be saved. You will be forgiven. He will raise you. You will be a child of God. And he will make you new. If you're here this morning and you, you haven't been performing these great works of sharing the gospel. And taking it far and wide. And you need to say, Lord, I know I'm a believer, but I need to get serious about you. There was a time 10 years ago in my life where the Lord preached to me. There was a preacher up here, but it was the Lord preaching to me. And I had to decide whether I was going to get serious about Christ or not. And I did. Same thing can happen to you today. Or if you need to join this church. Get busy. Let's go. Let's get busy. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for this morning. I thank you for your word and being able to dig into it. Lord, you become great and we decrease is what we want. We want to serve you, Lord. We want to take your name to the far reaches of our world. Lord, it starts in our homes. Lord, let us as parents, and it starts in our own community, let us be strong and faithful right where we are right now. We're held accountable. Lord, we love you. We want to serve you. We want to hear when we stand before you one day, well done, good and faithful servant. Lord, in all things, we want to make your name great. We love you. It's in your name I pray. Amen.
Sorry. All right. Now they can hear me online. I was saying that I'm overjoyed to be here today, and I'm so thankful for this church body. It's growing. Uh, we're growing, and I love that. And I have some amazing things to share with you real quick this morning. Um, so let me start with James. Come on up here, James. Let me start with you. James has come this morning. Uh, he is a baptized follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he wants to join this local uh, body of believers. So give him a big hand. You want to say anything? You're more than welcome. He'll turn you on. I just want to say thank you. This church is just so full of love, and I'm just very excited to be able to, uh, to get to serve, um, worship with you guys, and get to know you. So thank you. Awesome. You're going to have to scoot down just a little bit. Thank you. The Grits family, come on up here. So you all know them. Greg had to work today. Greg's trying to get his work schedule changed, but uh, Greg and Audrey and their family have come this morning, and they are... Some of them, some of them. And they, uh, once again, I had a, a great meeting with them Wednesday night uh, after church, and they have come as, as baptized followers of the Lord Jesus Christ to join this local body of believers and, and serve here. So I'm so excited about this. Do you have anything you want to say? Um, well, my husband couldn't be here, but um, he joins me, and we were just so grateful that God's led us here and that we hopefully have a new church family that we're just excited to get to know and be with. So. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. All right, come on up here, Seth and Jessica and Zoe. So 
This is an awesome story that I want to share with you guys. Uh, so a couple weeks ago, I got a message through uh, Facebook that this young lady had professed Christ as her Lord and Savior. And to give her a big hand. But I tell you, I want to tell you that what happened behind it. Uh, you know, a lot of times we, we're doing our services online also, uh, and we have videos of our services and the audio and whatnot that we post. Um, they have been watching our services every single week for the last several months uh, because of COVID. And watching those services online, Zoe professed Christ as her Lord and Savior. And they, fa- and they talk about it as a family, which is exactly what I just talked about here a few minutes ago. So um, I, I think it's awesome. I'm excited that our online ministry is reaching folks and people are being saved because we just never know what's happening behind the scenes. But in this case, we're blessed to know what's happening uh, behind the scenes. So she's like me. She, she is, uh, she's countrified, aren't you? And she wants to be baptized in the river. So we're going to wait until the spring and then... Yeah, we're going to wait until the spring, uh, but we will be baptizing her this May uh, down at the river. So I'm excited about that. You guys, what up, anything? You don't have to if you want to. You good? Okay. All right. Uh, so what I want you to do this morning is I want you to come around uh, and welcome them. Congratulate her. It's a huge thing. Uh, welcome them into our church family. And then I want you guys to have a very blessed and awesome day. Here is the benediction today. It's James 5.16. It says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Exactly what we talked about this morning. Uh, I'm going to close this in prayer. In fact, I'm going to ask uh, Alan Greenfield. If he would close this in prayer. I love you guys. Uh, uh, Denny gave me a note too. Denny, I don't know what I did with it. Denny, what was discipleship or the lesson tonight? Was Denny, is Denny still in here? He's downstairs. They have men's Bible study. I don't, I'm in trouble. Maybe I can find it here. Here it is. The Jesus you may not know, lesson three, is he the son of Mary or the son of God? That's this week uh, in men's Bible study downstairs at uh, 6 o'clock. So, Alan Greenfield, would you close us in prayer, sir?